Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, May 26, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, you and I saw a show and a half together on Wednesday. I mentioned the fact that I saw New York, New York and sat next to you for the first act on Wednesday. And then later on Wednesday night, you and I went and saw the sign in Sidney Brewstein's window. We will talk about that at the end of the show. I also saw Bees and Honey from MCC in partnership with The Soul Project on Thursday afternoon. You know I love a Thursday matinee. So I'll talk about that at the end of the episode uh, as well. But we're also seeing another show together. This wasn't planned. Like some of these have just kind of come up at the last minute. We're going to go see the show that, I mean, has been at the top of my theatrical calendar since it was announced. Once Upon a One More Time on Friday night. How excited are you Mm. for whatever this is going to be? I'm just excited because I love Justin Guarini. And that is what this is about for me. Famously so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're there for Justin Guarini. I'm there for Lauren Zacker. And we're both there for Keone and Mari Madrid. Mari Madrid. So, yeah, so we are, um, so we're all all about it. And, and Brittany too, of course, who doesn't love Britney Spears. But I'm excited about that. So I will be, I still have some things up in the air about Saturday. I don't know what I'm seeing on Saturday at all, uh, but I will be seeing something. So I'll be communicating all of those things to everybody uh, in an episode next week. We've got Memorial Day over the weekend, so some schedules will be a little bit different, but lots of good stuff coming up. If you want to hear all about that before anyone else, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Now, before we get into like the news of the day, I had mentioned yesterday in, in discussing the passing of Tina Turner that as of recording time when I spoke with Ashley, Adrian Warren had not yet um, posted anything about it. Um, and obviously we knew that she would. And she did make a a very lovely Instagram post with some videos and pictures and stuff. And she said, quote, today we lost our queen of rock and roll and inspiration and icon. Um, And then Playbill also did a really nice roundup of a bunch of other theater stars uh, and people who have been a a part of Tina, the Tina Turner musical posting about it. So I will link those in the show notes. I know that that's been a um, been something that a lot of people have been getting into over, uh, you know, over the past 24 hours as of recording time. But Grace, you weren't on the show. Do you have any specific thoughts or, or anything about, about Tina Turner? I mean, besides the fact that like, I just, as a, as a, as a person who really, uh, was inspired by, um, her, her reclamation of her image through years of abuse, through years of like public and private torment, like, She's just such an inspiration. It's such a loss. Um, I'm so grateful that we've had um, movies and theater based on her life to kind of illuminate these really, really hard subjects, but also that she's just been a voice of inspiration. And something that I I, I was watching last night was the Oprah Winfrey surprise of when she was on mm-hmm. the Oprah show to surprise Oprah when she, you know, cause she lives overseas. And um, it was just such a, like, yes, her impact is massive. So um, I'm very grateful that everybody's been posting their favorite clips of Tina. She's, she's very sorely missed. It's very shocking and heartbreaking, but um, you know, our, uh, no one, you know, is able to, to stick around forever, but what she has left behind is a beautiful and inspiring legacy. Absolutely. All right. There's not a ton of like big news, but there is a number of show and casting things that I want to get into. First off, on Thursday, the Manhattan Theater Club announced the world premiere of Brooklyn Laundry, which is the new play written by and to be directed by Pulitzer Prize winner John Patrick Shanley from Dowd, Outside Mollingar, uh, Prodigal Son. 
It'll be a part of the 2023-2024 off-Broadway season, so it'll play New York City Center. It'll begin sometime in winter of 2024. Obviously, the exact dates and casting and creative team will be announced later. But uh, this play focuses on three sisters and a guy who run a laundry in Brooklyn, and sometimes savage tricks life plays on them. Tragic and funny by turns, this story will remind you what is important in life and the sorrow and joy of fully embracing adulthood. So... A, sounds very much like uh, John Patrick Shanley and very much like an MTC show. Uh, they always do these very well, and I'm sure these will be very well cast, all of these roles. So look forward to that. Grace, something that, I mean, I know you're planning on going to London in the fall or late summer. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if, this, I don't think this will overlap, but maybe you'll have to do it anyway. But... Yesterday was announced that Mike Birbiglia's hit Broadway show, The Old Man in the Pool, will have a very strictly limited run in the West End this autumn. It'll begin performances at Wyndham's Theater on September 15th and will only run through October 7th. Then it's going to be going to Underbelly at McEwen Hall at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. That's in, uh, actually, that's before that, that's uh, August 22nd through the 27th. Grace, you and I have talked about you maybe going to Edinburgh. Maybe. Can I please? Can they fit me in? Good grief. It's just me and a microphone. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I mean, you know, maybe, especially if if, if your boy I need is to call there. Mike. I know. <laughs> You've got connections to Mike, don't you? I'm sure. But you know what? It's who's to say. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah, it's a very good point. Very good point. Um, okay, so one thing we do know is that you are very adamant that I come back to New York at the end of July yeah. and beginning of August. Can we, if I do that, can we make a trip to Sag Harbor? Because yesterday the casting had been announced for the Bay Street Theater and the Sag Harbor Center for the Arts upcoming production of Dial M for Murder. It has been adapted by Jeffrey Hatcher and is being directed by no less than Walter Bobby. It'll begin performances on June 27th and um, is currently scheduled to run through July 23rd. Maybe there'll be an extension. I don't know. But if there is, I might have to go. But the cast is absolutely bonkers. It is led by Mamie Gummer, Rosa Gilmore, Eric Bergen, Max mm. Gordon Moore, and Reg Rogers. Like, that's a cast that you, like, would get for this show on Broadway, and they're doing it in Sag Harbor. So I feel like for a month run, maybe they throw in an extra week there to make sure that I can get there, uh, get there, Grace. Yeah, I fully agree with that. No notes. <laughs> um Something that kind of plays into some other news that we play we talked about earlier this week is obviously Pasadena Playhouse has been honored as the 2023 uh, Tony Award winning regional theater. They have announced their upcoming season and some very exciting, very interesting stuff here. I'm going to run through it really quick. Um, in September, starting on September 6th, will be Adam Rapp's The Sound Inside. Then starting on November 1st, a show that is becoming even more painfully, uh, you know, prescient as we see some crazy things happening here. Um, uh, Inherit the Wind by Jerome Lawrence and Robert E. Lee. Then we will have Kate Berlant's show, Kate, running from January 7th through February 11th. Then One of the Good Ones, which is a play by Gloria Calderon-Kellett, who is a huge uh, TV creator. She was in she was the showrunner and creator for the one day at a time reboot that starred Rita Moreno and, and many other people. Um, she's fantastic. That is going to run 
uh, from March into April. And then there will be a production of Jelly's Last Jam starting on mm. May 28th. Um, obviously, book by George C. Wolf, music by Jelly Roll Morton, and lyrics by Susan Birkenhead, who does not like us here at Broadway Radio, but that's another story. Um, and there'll be some other things sprinkled in there. So if you have a chance to go out and see anything at the Tony winning uh, regional theater, it's always a good thing, but this season looks especially fun. And then finally here, it was, I'd forgotten this happened, Grace, but um, the off-Broadway musical Between the Lines was filmed. They did yeah. a live capture. I'd completely forgot about this. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It, they're going to have the world premiere screening at BroadwayCon this year. Um, so I, I, that, I think it's always good that we have these uh, pro tapes and live captures. Um, like I said... Completely forgot it was it's happening, but I think you saw the show, didn't you? I did, absolutely. And uh, my friend Ren Rivera was fantastic in the show. That's right. Really love their work. Um, and I'm hoping that more people are going to get to see them in this one. Absolutely. Um, all right. So this is a couple feel-good recommendations before we get into talking about shows. There's a great article by Ashley Lee talking about a lot of things that we've talked about leading up to whether or not the Tonys are actually going to happen this year. She wrote an article that's basically like, yes, very happy that the Tonys are going to happen. It's going to be great. But maybe we should figure out ways so that the Tonys aren't that important for Broadway. Like, they're always going to be important. But, like, we shouldn't be worrying about all these multi-million dollar productions completely closing as if closing if the Tonys don't happen, which I think is very smart. She has great insight on everything that she writes about. Um, So this is a really great article. I highly recommend that. Check that out. And then... Over at, um, we talked about this before, the um, Boston Pops did a concert production mm. of Ragtime. And just because they're, you know, I'm maybe they're publicly funded, I don't know. But the public radio station in Boston, Classical 99.5, just has it up on their site. Like, they just have the, the Ragtime available to listen to. And it has some unbelievable people in it. We have um, just some Broadway names here. Elizabeth Stanley is playing Mother. John Cariani is playing Tatia. Nikki Renee Daniels, who I just saw in concert on on Monday, plays Sarah. Um, AJ Shively, former Broadway radio guest, plays Younger Brother. Clea Blackhurst plays Emma Goldman. Um, I mean, it's just like, this is incredible. I haven't, like, it just was released while I was at the show this afternoon. But like, you know, I'm going to be listening to this like the rest of my trip and maybe for the rest of time. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like you. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's get into the shows that we, that I have seen here recently, Grace. And one of them is one that I saw with you. Lorraine Hansberry's The Sign in Sidney Brewstein's Window, currently playing at the James Earl Jones Theater, uh, directed by Ann Kaufman, uh, starring Oscar Isaac and Rachel Brosnahan as the, the the headliners here, but a fantastic cast, including Tony nominee Miriam Silverman. And why don't you start? What did you, th- what did you think of this? Because um, this was something that was neither on my schedule or yours, and you weren't going to be going with me until yesterday afternoon. So what did you think of like 30 minutes before the show? Yeah. Something like Um, that. I was talking about this for the same length of time that the show takes place in, um, like afterward, like two and a half, arguably three hours. Um, what an, what a pleasantly surprising piece of work for us. Like I genuinely had, I had not read anything about it because I really like to go in like fully as much as I possibly can, um, as green as, as can be. Um, and I was so completely moved by the performances and the text. 
Um, Lorraine Hansberry, I'm not the first one to say this and I'm certainly not the last, but like the amount of societal like context that she can give in text um, that we unfortunately were, you know, rid of the world too soon from from her passing, um, the amount of work that she could have written after that, um, including that piece itself, it's it's a little unfinished because of the nature of like when she passed and when it came to Broadway. Um, but I don't care because it's so profound and it's so well-written and it's, it's so well done to have, have like just, you know, really, really incredible performances by Oscar Isaac, even like getting a freaking get like Andy Gratolution, who is a freaking superstar. Andy, Andy can take any moment and just, like it's just it's it's incredible and so i really appreciated the casting of this i really appreciated the the setting the the pace of it the direction um i thought it was really really moving piece of work and um i encourage anybody to to go see it if you can yeah i kind of feel like maybe this show has I mean, it had its BAM run, so it's not like they were completely fresh, you know, after no. having only two, <laughs> two pre- you know, previews or whatever. But I, I do kind of feel like what we saw last night must have been something different than a lot of the critics saw. Because I read all of the reviews, obviously, when we did the review recap episode, and none of them really rang true to me. Like, I mean, not that I'm saying they were wrong, but I'm saying like they, there might have been some some fundamental adjustments that were happening during that period. Yeah. Because it felt so solid and so focused and so it, did. Um, it felt complete. Yeah, and it was it was fantastic. And uh, you said something to me after the show, um, and it, mainly because I was like, Sidney Brewstein, like even at the at the end where we see some sort of redemption, like he's still kind of a tool. Um, but you kind of made this point of like, good people can can do bad things, or you could, not that he he wasn't a villain by any means. So I don't yeah. want to put that out there, but like. People contain multitudes and sometimes those multitudes are good. Sometimes they are bad. But that that really put into context to me kind of a way to look at it. Um, It actually made me think that like this show is in conversation and follow me here with the Thanksgiving play. They're obviously Mm -hmm. vastly different in terms of like the style and in the 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 form and the, the, the context around the show and their settings and their time periods. But they both look at people who genuinely want to do the right thing especially in the you know in uh, from a modern progressive lens obviously Simon Sidney Brewstein's window is is far older than the Thanksgiving play but still somehow get in the way oftentimes because they want to do the right thing and what they think is the right thing and how they can tie themselves in knots to not be able to see the forest through the trees. And yep. uh, I think that these are really, these are shows that have a, a lot of things to say about each other with having absolutely nothing else in common. So um, if you've seen both of these shows, I would be interested to hear people's thoughts on that, but they, they certainly run true as in companion pieces together. Thanks. All, thanks to you and a comment you made afterwards, obviously Oscar Isaac and Rachel Brosnahan were tremendous and Without going back and like saying, oh, this person should not have been nominated um, because I don't want to do that. Oscar Isaac and Rachel Brosnahan like deserved Tony nominations because I think they were tremendous. Um, Julian De Niro, also great. Gus Burney in a very small role. She's only on there for a few minutes. She I've never seen her before. Um, Very much. She was great. Yeah, she like you. I could see like, oh, uh, that's Constance Shulman's daughter. Like I can see it. But like she was 
phenomenal. Like she just like compl- like once she came on stage in a role that was not a big like loud, you know, cuz often we talk about like people like stealing the shows, there are these big brass broad characters and she was fairly broad, but it was it, it was just it was a little more subtle and I was really taken by her. Um and obviously Miriam Silverman and, and Andy Garlution who we've mentioned and Glenn Fitzgerald and uh, Raphael Nash Thompson, like they were all great. So love that one. Um any parting shots on that one? I just want to say, besides the fact that she's like Constance Shulman's daughter, she's also Reed Bernie's right, yes, daughter. Yes. And I just want to say, like, like what a combo. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty fantastic. But yeah, no, my, my parting thoughts are just like, I love plays. I'm not being profound here. Plays are good. Yeah. And the plays that are out to play right now, we're very fortunate. I was obviously devastated that Room could not be in um, the, the James Earl Jones Theater in this right. moment. But I'm very grateful that uh, another really profound work is. I, uh, I'm going to say something that, that some people might not like. I know that we all love new plays. Like we love new plays. Like that's we want more new plays, and we want more new plays. Look at on how Broadway. apropos that old play was. That's what I'm saying. It's like there's a reason that like old plays, especially by like the masters from the middle of the 20th century, maybe even before and a little after. But like there's a reason they still work. It's because they're really good, and the ones that get on Broadway in these revivals, this. Um, anything, uh, August Wilson, obviously with the piano lesson, um, uh, uh, death of a salesman, like those are all, I saw all three of those. I thought those were all incredible. And generally I, I, I think they still work better than new plays that at least the new plays that we've seen on Broadway here. And obviously your mileage will yeah. vary because I think some of them have been good. New, new playwrights not doing well right now. Really step up your game, everybody. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I'm that's just not kidding. What I'm but I mean, it's that's just like not true. But it's like <laughs> I feel bad. That's what I meant. I was like, I knew someone was getting mad at me saying that. But like, there's a reason that these shows work. Like, I've loved those revivals that I've seen this season, and Top yeah. Dog Underdog even too, which is a, a newer play, obviously 20 years old. It's from the, the 21st century um, or thereabouts. Uh, I think it was might have been 2000, but. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of new plays, I went and saw one on Thursday afternoon. Love a 2 p.m. Thursday curtain at MCC. It is um, Bees and Honey. It is written by uh, Guadalice Del Carmen and directed by Melissa Crespo. It stars it's a two hander um, Maribel Martinez and uh, Xavier Pacheco. It is it's a two hander about the evolution of a relationship of a young um, Latin couple living in, I think, in Washington Heights, I think they said. It, it was just a really simple show with, I mean, obviously lots of, you know, interpersonal, you know, drama and relations, but it's just these two people who genuinely love each other almost from the moment that they meet and life and the world gets in between them. And sometimes it pulls them apart. Sometimes it pushes them together. Um, but it was a really sweet and touching show. Um, these are the types of new plays that I... I really love to see. I mean, especially off Broadway at 2 p.m. on a Thursday. But uh, this was really great. So this is kind of like between this and Sinus and Brewstein's window. I'm like playing both sides of the fence. I understand, but um, really great show. Highly recommend that. It is fairly early in the run. I don't know what to, what the dates are on top of my head, but would definitely recommend folks heading over to MCC and seeing that because I pretty much love everything at MCC and so much so that I got this as part of a subscription, even though yeah. I don't live in New York City. I got a subscription to MCC anyway because I love them that much. All right, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Grace, where can people find you? 
You can find me on all forms of social media at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend. Um, I don't think that we're going to have an episode of Today on Broadway on Memorial Day. We mm-hmm. will have an episode on Tuesday. It might not be a traditional Today on Broadway, but we will have something for you on Tuesday coming out of the holiday weekend. So have a wonderful weekend. Keep in mind everybody who has lost their life defending the country and and everything that we celebrate on Memorial Day uh, and have a great time with family. We will talk to you next week. Oh,